Take spread the start family salute, y'all. Let a couple people jump in real quick before we get started. Make sure you subscribe before they two straight years in. So I'm gonna tell it how it was, and he's gonna tell it how he remembers it. That's a big old difference, y'all. GM, what's up, man? Salute. Baby boy, what's up, baby boy? Chris, what's up, man? Get a couple people to jump in here real quick before I get started. Everybody, make sure you subscribe to Dr. Larry, 42 straight years in. Hope everybody's doing all right. I'm going back to work tomorrow. I'm excited. Julie, how you doing, Julie? It's about 21 people. I'm going to let a couple people jump in, y'all. Shout out to my homeboy, Sam, right there. That's his song I'm listening to. Hope everybody's doing okay. This is a crazy story I got today. Rolando, what's up? Artie, what's up? Eddie, what's up? Frank, what's up, brother? God bless you too, man. I appreciate it. Chris, salute, man. Chris, I think you, you, you're subscribed to Dr. Larry, right? Hope everybody is. We're going to talk about how they used to do them in the old days. Sometimes one, check my boy 10 out. Hold on. Eddie, what's up, Eddie? Max, what's up? Well, Laredo is wicked, man. We already know. Hey, Eddie, my brother's at Holiday Unit. They got him locked up, man. It's fucking trash. They got him just stuck on that bunk. Like the entire time, they uh, stuck on their bunk beds. Caldwell, Texas. What's that at? East Texas? Song's going to be over and I'm going to start, y'all. Yeah, Brian Copper Station. That's what's up. Hey, that uh, all red unit. They said that ain't no fun over there. Hell, no go down to the all red. Hey, if y'all don't got me on your Facebook, man, add me on Facebook. Tim Snow, no W. Let's made a new one. Sure did. That's what I'm doing right here, y'all. It's about uh, one of the old punishments they used to do in TDC back in the day. Sometimes you get lucky they wouldn't just stomp your ass down or beat you with a lead pipe. Wouldn't put you in the hole for 15 days and almost kill you. They'd say you shell a bucket of peanuts and bring it back in the morning. And then you still had to go to work. Like literally fill up a five-gallon bucket with shell peanuts or big pickle jar or whatever. Whatever your punishment might be. You know what I'm saying? Went right along with that slave labor. That's some crazy-ass punishment. Check this out, y'all. Something else, man. On November 9, 1967, Fred Cruz was in a six-year of a 15-year robbery sentence and started yet another stint in the hole. Of the many punishments in Texas prison system doled out to inmates, solitary confinement was one of the most brutal on the body and the soul. It wasn't Cruz's first time there, but it was something one did not get used to. 
The Ellis unit, about 14 miles north of Huntsville in a boggy, lowland area of East Texas, was known as the toughest prison in the system. There was no worse place to be than Ellis that day. The cell's darkness was so complete it made one eyes ache. On some occasions, Cruz was given a thin blanket and nothing else. No clothes, no mattress, or nothing. Just a steel bunk. His toilet was a hole in the floor. He'd receive only three slices of bread a day with two meals a week. And he shed a whole lot of pounds while he was there. After two weeks, an outer door to the cell would be open, allowing light in the hallway. This would be considered a release from solitary. Then the warden would come by and see if he thought you were sorry. If he failed that yes, sir, no, sir encounter, the solid, di- solid door was shut for 15 more days. Cruz's ability to maintain his composure through indeterminate silence and darkness was better than that of most inmates, but still uneven. Sometimes a panic would rise in his chest, his heart would pound, and he couldn't catch his breath. Some days he simply just wished for death. But if he got his mind right, he could keep it together. Cruz's upbringing had made him tough. Abandoned by his father, he came of the age in the late 50s and early 60s in a segregated Mexican town. It was a place where he joined a gang or risked becoming a victim. He ran with the Mirasolas and dressed street pachuco style, zoot suits with pleated pants and suspenders. Members of his family sold drugs and run-ins with the laws was a regular occurrence. Cruz was 19 and serving a short stint for selling marijuana when he learned his older brother had been shot and killed by the cops. From that childhood grew an emotional stilliness, but it wasn't until he started his 15-year stint in 1961 for robbery that he been, began to develop an intellectual and spiritual strength beyond belief. He took to reading difficult texts and philosophies and legal theory. He learned about yoga and Eastern religions and started a correspondence with a Buddha priest in San Francisco. It, it was the 60s and though he was in prison, Cruz was aware of the cultural awakening around him. He read Joseph Campbell's Mask of God and the Fundamentals of Yoga. He was getting it on. Check it out. That morning's infraction that let him go into the hole was stupid and petty. As Cruz's squad prepared for the short journey to the cane fields, a friend had offered him a seat on another work wagon. A prison guard told Cruz to get in a different wagon, which he promptly did, although he couldn't help but making a smart remark. Personally, I don't care what trailer I ride in to go to work. Cruz's response might have sounded innocuous to anyone not schooled in a subtextual gang of prison obedience, but any prisoner knew it was a challenge to his authority. You're not going to take over my squad, Officer Graham yelled. You aren't going to run anything while you're working under me, I promise. That evening, after a full day of cutting cane, in the open-air strip search that was required after prisoners used any tools, Cruz was called into the major's office where he found almost the entire prison hierarchy waiting for him at once. What's your trouble, began one of the captains. I don't know, sir. That's what I'm here to find out. Well, you're sure fixing to find out right now, boy, the captain said. Then Officer Graham told a story about Cruz getting on the wrong wagon. Cruz, he said, had been running his head with the mothers. I told him to get off my trailer and he bad-mouthed me. Captain Ramsey announced the penalty. That'll be one gallon of peanuts, boy. Shelling peanuts was at the low end of punishment scale, a nasty, mind-numbing task that would keep Cruz up half the night and leave his fingers bristled and raw. Just a minute, said Cruz. Don't I get to say anything at all? 
Sure, the captain said. You got anything you want to say? He could have let it go right there and just taken the punishment. He knew that if he objected, things would only get worse. But it wasn't in Cruz's character to let it go. He bridled at the arbitrary rules. So he launched into his defense, speaking slowly and looking at his accusers in the eye. Many who guarded or served time with him would remember his perpetual calmness no matter what. Even when being interrogated or brutally beaten, he stared out in the world as if nothing was happening. Cruz was only 27 years old, but he had the short inner strength of a giant. Cruz asked the man to tell him exactly what prison regulation he'd broken. He said, was there a rule on which work wagon I was supposed to go on? He said, I'm entitled under your rules to a fair hearing, right? He said, I'm refusing to go along with the recommendation at this time. I wish to appeal the decision of this committee. I don't agree with the gallon. Captain said, okay, you can appeal after you're released from solitary. 15 days. Get out of here. So another confrontation with authority came to close. A page was added to Cruz's folder of offense reports, a file that was already thick enough to make a thump when it dropped on the warden's desk. A new entry read, insubordination. He refused the peanuts. Think about that, man. Come on, man. He got on a different wagon, y'all. He got his ass off, jumped on the other one. He made a little remark. What the shit, Dr. Larry and them tell us? Yeah, I believe we're lucky he's still alive, huh? I was going to get that, man. I think about that. Y'all ever even heard of that before? Imagine being in the penitentiary, get railroaded. Man, I tell you, you got to bring back a gallon of peanut shell. How many y'all even think? How many y'all think would even fit in a gallon? You buy a gallon of planters peanuts. How many in it, y'all? That shit's unbelievable, man. Shout out, Doctor Larry. I'm gonna have him actually do a video, and I hope it's like hell he'll do it. Tell us what that felt like back then. Having to literally stay up all night, blister your fingers, can't sleep, and then go in the field and work all day. That's crazy, and y'all. Six prison story. I just wanted to read y'all that story, man. Let y'all see what it was like. That's crazy. Shout out to everybody.